Welcome back to Life Beyond the Chariot, a series where we talk about living the Catholic faith in our families and in the world. And this is a special edition week where we are talking about all things uh, NFP, Natural Family Planning. It's NFP Awareness Week 2020. And we're kicking off this series with one of my favorite people in the whole world, <laughs> Emily Frazee, uh, and just having a, a really good conversation, a real conversation about NFP. Uh, Emily, welcome back to our little show. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be back and, yeah. and everything we're going to talk about today. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be good. We've, um, we've, Emily and I have gone back and forth uh, just in preparation for this, and we've, we keep saying, like, we're going to have to focus on keeping it <laughs> to just 30 minutes. But, a 30 minute uh, window. Right? There we go. So, Emily, if any, for anyone who didn't see um, our previous episode with you, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I am a Louisiana native, uh, Tyler, Texas transplant. Uh, my family and I moved up there when I was a junior in high school, so I graduated from TK Gorman in, oh gosh, in 2007, <laughs> a few years ago. Um, and yeah, after I went to college at Louisiana Tech, after that I ended up in D.C. working for a few years at a, a, a social conservative nonprofit. Uh, met my husband there and, you know, had a couple kids and then said goodbye to the corporate world and started doing the stay-at-home mom gig. And um, when I did start staying home, you know, I just, I needed an outlet. And so I started blogging. And then, you know, uh, the circumstances of my kids kind of uh, really gave me a lot of fodder of, you know, things to talk about, not just with being a mom, but also especially talking about NFP and the way I was taught it versus the way that it actually worked out in my life. Um, so trying to kind of reconcile those two things. And then through that, I ended up meeting a lot of people who um, felt the same way and were like, thank you for saying what you're saying. Um, and so then I just, you know, that kind of lit a fire in me and I kept talking and here I am. <laughs> No, that's awesome. And can you describe your your blog, Total Wine? Uh, just the things that you cover. But you and I got connected last year because of your NFP Week 2019 series. Yeah, it was actually because you wrote a post. I think it was in the uh, the Catholic East Texas. Yeah, you were you know laying down some real stuff about NFP, and I was like, I need her for this series. So last NFP week, I did a series called Life Abundantly, um, which was interviews, written interviews with five married couples, an engaged couple, and Father Brian um, was gracious to come on and do that as well. Just talking about, you know, what NFP is really like to live, um, kind of what are the blessings, what are the struggles. Um, I definitely got the husbands involved there too. Um, and then with Father Braun talking about, you know, why a priest should talk about NFP, uh, <laughs> you know, he's celibate, right? Like what, right. what ground does he have to stand on? Um, which of course he does. Um, but yeah, that was, that was kind of, uh, how that came together and, um, kind of kickstarted a whole year of talking more and more about NFP and finding out, um, some other issues that I wanted to address as well. And that's kind of where I am now with uncharted territory. 
Awesome. And I got to get a, I got a preview of the series that's being released this week. You did. <laughs> oh, good. It is so good. And just the various conversations that you've had. So I guess just backing up a little bit, Emily, why do we even need to talk about natural family planning? Because I feel like so many people um, either think that it's just for married couples. It, um, there's, I feel like there's just been a lot of misinformation and, and one of you and I connected and just in our discussions, we've really realized that it seems like we need to maybe even just change the language because, and I think you would agree, like NFP is more than just achieve or postpone pregnancy. Yeah, totally. Um, that's kind of been one of the most interesting things. And, and really like through my experience of having two kids that I didn't plan, you know, obviously God planned them, but um, I was trying to avoid pregnancy when I ended up with those two kids. Um, and so NFP, I mean, the way that it was sold to me in marriage prep was essentially like, guys, you're going to be able to plan your family precisely as you want. You can avoid exactly when you want. You can achieve exactly when you want. And it's like, well, that doesn't happen. You know, the only person who can control that is God. Like you can do your best, but like God's going to have to meet you halfway on the rest. And what I realized is that a much more appropriate term for NFP is fertility awareness. That's really all it is. All it is, is uh, you have different methods that track different biomarkers uh, in a woman's body to determine a, not just a window of fertility, but also really what it's looking for is when you ovulate. And what we've learned and what science is starting to teach us is whether or not a woman ovulates when she ovulates, all of the signs that are correlated with that can give us this incredible picture about a woman's overall health. Yes. Um, I was actually able to identify that I probably have some thyroid issues. Because, yeah, yeah, and it has nothing to do, clearly, with me being able to achieve a pregnancy, right? But it has everything to do with my overall health and, frankly, the type of wife and mother that I am, you know? I, and I'm able to use this information. I mean, like, it can, be, it can be really just very practical stuff. Like, if you know that your period is approaching, you can be like, hey, you know what? I need to do fewer things at this point. You know, um, maybe I need to schedule some alone time. Maybe I need to just have some extra frozen pizzas going, you know, like, I mean, like just very, there's very practical uh, applications for this, yeah. you know, simple day-to-day -day stuff, but then also this much broader thing, um, you know, particularly with methods like the Creighton method, they, that method is hyper-focused and excellent at helping women who have difficulty achieving pregnancy identify the underlying issues and treat them effectively. What's really beautiful about the Creighton method and their approach, and, and really you see this with all different methods of fertility awareness, is that if a woman is having trouble achieving pregnancy, the solution is not to get pregnant. The solution is to get healthy so that you can naturally achieve pregnancy get those hormones back in order um get everything where it's supposed to be because then the body will just work you know exactly. uh, so it's a much more beautiful and holistic approach just in general you know not even about family planning but you know all these other things right right and i i love that so much and part of this series this week we're talking to um dr cami joe who is a creighton 
uh, medical consultant and we can can speak about the science and the medicine and how all that goes together. We're talking to Mickey Siba, the catechetical specialist here who struggled with infertility and just hearing how um, how secular medicine tends to think like, okay, well, IVF is the only solution for you because right. we want to get you pregnant. That's the only, that's the goal. But I love how you said that like NFP or fertility awareness really is about looking at the whole person. And that's a very Catholic view, right? Right. We're, right. We're soul. right. There's a reason why these more natural fertility treatments are, you know, Catholic doctors leading the way. Right, because we understand that, and I'm so glad that you brought up IVF because um, one of the one of the women that I talked to in the Uncharted Territory series, she is infertile, so she's kind of coming at this with her experience. She's also a Creighton practitioner, and so she has talked to women, you know, who have you know thought about IVF. What's fast? What's just mind-boggling about IVF is it only has like a 20% rate exactly. of effectiveness, whereas you know, if you use fertility awareness, it can be anywhere from 50 to 80% effective. Um, and again, the focus is not on getting pregnant. I, I recently heard an IVF doctor describe the process and it's utterly inhumane. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, I don't understand how this is the first option given to women, you know, like it's just so inhumane and to only be 20% effective. Right. You know, um, right. Putting this woman through, you know, such an such a hormonal overhaul and an emotional overhaul and a spiritual overhaul to, to be like have an eighty percent failure rate. You know, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's criminal, frankly, that right. that's what's given. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. So let's dive deeper into this, the series that you've got coming up. Can you describe what uncharted, uncharted territory, what are you, what are y'all talking about this week? Yeah. So right after Life Abundantly, uh, one of the women that I had interviewed, her and her husband, I started talking to her, uh, Jen from uh, Surprise by Marriage. Um, she and her her husband run that ministry. They're amazing. They're just the Agreed. best married couple. Uh, they're, they're so fun. Are they the um, ones the, the date nights? They do the yes. date nights? Yes. So cool. <laughs> Follow them on Instagram because they have some incredibly creative at-home date nights, and it's yes. great. Um, but I started talking a lot to Jen because one of the things that comes up during NFP week is people like to comment, and it, it's their opportunity to say, well, NFP is actually not licit. And it really bothered us, you know, because – we know it's licit, but then where, where, where is this other voice coming from? And, and what are they drawing from to back that up? You know, that was really, so we kind of did a deep dive into actual church teaching, um, actually in the intro post that's coming out, uh, or that came out Sunday. Um, we, we list like church teaching. We have canon law, we have the catechism, we have the USCCB, we have God Amit Spez. Um, because what we discovered was, and this is, this is so important to understand, that within marriage and within sex, there, there are two primary purpose that purposes. They are dually primary, the unitive aspect and the procreative aspect. One is not above the other. They are both primary. And that is so important. And that is the frame through which we approach each one of these conversations that we had. Um, because what we found is, is that when you separate, when you separate the two or when you put one above the other, it's just mayhem. It's mm -hmm. mayhem. 
Um, so of course, if you put the unitive above the procreative, which is kind of what you get with birth control, you actually get the undoing of the unitive as well, right? So if you don't have those two working together, they kind of cancel each other out. On the other hand, um, the crowd that says that NFP is never listed unless you're basically dying, that what they believe is that procreation is the primary purpose of sex and marriage and unitive is secondary. And what you have is you have essentially like a deification of or an idolization of children mm. and children for a marriage. And you basically say it basically presumes that a marriage is not good or not valid unless you're having children, mm. which is which is hugely problematic because there's all sorts of completely valid reasons and completely loving reasons very charitable reasons why you may or may not have a child at any given point. And in my experience, I've come across so many couples who use NFP who would love to have another child right now, but can't either, you know, uh, their fertility, it, there's issues with their fertility, or it's just not a good time to add another child. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a really, really sad message that it sends to women who are infertile, who through no fault of their own cannot have a child, right? What message are you sending to these women that their marriage is not reaching its fullness or, you know, as fruitful as it should be because they can't have a child? You know, I mean, it's, it's adding so much insult to injury on top of this very heavy cross that they're already carrying. So um, Mary speaks to that pretty, pretty profoundly. And actually Jen does as well. She's actually going through secondary infertility, right? right now. She speaks to it from that perspective as well. Yeah, yeah, and I and I really love how you all just approach different um, facets of this. So talking about things like abstinence and marriage, the cross that NFP is, and it's not to say that, oh, you're using NFP and it's just going to be the most miserable thing ever, but I think one thing that that we may not speak about enough in marriage formation or when we're whether we're doing preparation with couples uh, preparing for the sacrament of marriage or in marriage enrichment is that sometimes we are going to experience suffering but yeah. the beauty of the cross right the beauty of the cross is a real thing because for us that is not the end of the story right we right. know that there's resurrection we know that there's hope and christ redeems our wounds christ redeems our suffering right and in a way with NFP, and I know you and I have, have somewhat similar experiences with back-to-back with -back pregnancies, that, that can be a difficult thing or, or even just like yeah. trusting God with our fertility, like finances yeah. and fertility, <laughs> those, those two, it's a real thing, right? Well, because your fertility affects absolutely everything, right? right? Having or not having children changes your life. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a huge act of trust to be like, here's my fertility, God, you know, I mean, like not, I mean, we already have a hard time following God's will. Like, do we think this is going to be easy? Uh, but the way that I like to think about it is, is, I mean, NFP is just a microcosm of marriage. Mm -hmm. NFP is hard because marriage is hard. Mm -hmm. You know, like the, the bedroom is not exempt from the cross. Okay. Like it, it goes through every, every aspect of why we think that, I mean, like, okay, yes, sex has a very pleasurable aspect, but there is going, the cross is going to show up in the bedroom, okay? It's just going to be there. Um, but the way I like to think about it is this. Whenever the cross shows up, it means, you know, within marriage or within NFP, it means marriage is working. 
it means NFP is working because what the cross is, the cross is showing up when our selfish, selfish nature comes to the forefront, mm -hmm. right? Because all of a sudden we've encountered something and we're like, oh, I don't really like that. And, you know, we cling to our selfish nature and, and that's where the struggle comes in. So understand that whenever, you know, you're going on like three, four weeks of abstinence because COVID cycles right now, and, you know, you're just like, how is this okay? How is this the only way? Like, can we really never use a condom? Really? I mean, like the church, when they set that rule out, they were not planning on a pandemic doing this to my cycle. Okay. Um, but no, it still holds true. It still holds true. Yeah, and it across the Catholic faith, this idea of self-denial, temperance, mm. prudence, um, you know, we go through 40 days of fasting and abstinence during Lent. Like this is kind of the backbone of being right. Catholic, okay? Right. We understand that constant self-gratification does not produce a good human, okay? <laughs> like, right. does not produce holiness. So self-denial, uh, particularly in the areas of our passions, which I love how Fulton Sheen, just, Fulton Sheen said the three passions are food, knowledge, and sex. And if you don't govern those, with temperance, essentially. I mean, it's mayhem, you know, because then you get gluttony and you get pride and then you get, you know, just look at our world. <laughs> right. So. Hot mess. No, that's mess, yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, and I know we've we've talked before just about how um like with NFP, I know I know for me the thing that I, that I have learned, you know, in almost seven years of marriage is, you know, when we, when we got married, we signed up to be open to life. And I think I had a certain image of what being an NFP practicing couple would look like. Like we would have children perfectly spaced two years apart because that's. Show all those birth you, control you, <laughs> like this can work. <laughs> Where did that come from? But we also knew that anytime we put an eye for intercourse on our chart, that that was an invitation for life. And whether it's the fertile or the infertile time, if there's, if we send the invitation, God can say, let there be life and praise God for that. Right. As, and, and I think that's where um, like NFP and, and contraception really butt heads is that it, it confronts our selfishness, right? Like we have this, we have this desire to control. And right. while I, I do not think that you can use NFP as a contraceptive because it's yeah. not. Contraceptive. <laughs> you can't. You can't. And, and I'm sure we'll get comments about that, but, um, yeah. but I can see how um, there, we, we have to encounter our selfishness, right? Because there's this desire to, I, I want control over all of my circumstances, but honestly, mm -hmm. Like if, if I had control over everything, I would miss out on the children God has blessed me with. I am yeah. so glad God is smarter than Deanna, you know? Like, I know. Well, and it's, it doesn't mean that that process wasn't an excruciatingly painful one, but that's precisely why it produced so much goodness, you know? And to me, that's, that's not to me, but I, I believe that's the lesson of the cross, right? right? God will never take away our sin because that would mean taking away our free will. So he said, hey, guess what? I'm going to give you suffering because then that will allow you to work with, you know, work out your sin, you know, because I'm not taking away your sin because I'm not taking away your free will. You'll have to give me your sins if you want. That's why we have confession. Um, but in the meantime, 
ears across to make it to make it work. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right with with the birth control, and I and I do want to just you know harp on this a little bit. Um, you cannot practice NFP with a birth control mentality. You cannot. You can practice it for very selfish reasons, yes. but that's next to impossible. Because if you are selfish and you're going to go through the windows of abstinence and what they actually are, which by the way, it's not a week, it's, no. it's probably about minimum 10 days if you have a shorter cycle, two weeks plus if you have a longer cycle like me, um, you cannot abstain for two weeks being selfish. You know, like something right. <laughs> Right. And I think that's where, that's such a good point because, you know, we, we talk about, you know, couples having serious reasons for postponing and, and sometimes I think we, we look for the church to provide like a, a box or like here is every circumstance in which using NFP is okay. Or we, or we just want a list, but every family is different. And that's why I really liked your series last year and this year, because you do a really good job of highlighting that every situation is different and we, we cannot pass judgment. We, we don't know the situation of a couple. We can't assume that because they've been married for five years and they don't have any children that, oh, well, they, you know, like we never control. Meanwhile, she's like right. just taking a negative pregnancy test that morning, but you know, right. you don't know that. Right. exactly, exactly. And then what we've learned is, well, there have been times where we've said like, okay, we really need to postpone pregnancy right now. Also saying like, okay, Lord, we're open to life, but I love the monthly conversations that NFP inspires because it's like, okay, well, like, is it really that serious that we avoid, you know? And that's where, that's when we know, like when we start messing with the rules or, um, or yep. yeah, that, that clearly it's not a grave reason at that point that, okay, now is the time where we can just be open or we're always open. And I know I have to be careful with that language because NFP is always openness to life. Um, but God has a way of breaking our hearts open with this and and not being yeah. with rules and yeah you know yeah no um i i yeah that's that's so so important to make clear is that when you practice nfp it's not like okay well we're not having kids for two years and that's the end of the conversation right, right? that that's not how it works you know i mean this is like it, it's not even monthly i mean it could be daily like you're taking readings daily right uh, depending on the method, like if it looks like a fertile day or an infertile day, like, I mean, this is, this can be a daily conversation. And like you said, if you start getting into that territory where you're breaking rules, it's like, well, okay, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it, it just boggles my mind how people can say that this is, you know, this is basically Catholic birth control or whatever. And I, and I do see like, you know, on the one hand, how that was basically how it was pitched in marriage prep. It was certainly pitched that way to me. Yeah. And I, and I, I feel like the sense that I've kind of gotten is that the people who pitched it in marriage prep were basically like, if we tell you guys the truth, you'll never practice it but it's, it's mortal sin if you use birth control. So we're going to whitewash this. We're going to tell you about the 2% divorce rate. We're going to tell you about, you know, five to six days of abstinence. We're going to tell you all these lies so that you'll actually do it. But the thing is, you figure out the lies at some point, and it's extremely damaging because I remember when I first got married, 
and you know, windows of abstinence were extending a week and a half, two weeks, I thought something was wrong. I was like, well, like, do I need to, like, what, what, what am I doing wrong? Like I, you know, and it just, there was so much pressure on me from the culture and from this idea that you would have such a short window. I was the gatekeeper of our sex life. It was miserable. You know, I was and like, that's, and that's such a terrible way of thinking of it too, right? That like, okay, I'm your spouse, but I'm gonna tell you when we can and can't. Ah, right, and and it completely obscures the fact that when we say fertility is shared, we're not talking about husband writing down readings at the end of the day. It's great if he does that. I know about five percent of men who do. That's it. <laughs> My husband is not one of them, and it does not mean he does not love me, contrary to what I was told in marriage prep. Uh, our fertility is shared because men are always fertile. Mm -hmm. They can always make a baby, right? Our, like, for a woman's fertility, you know, our cervical mucus can sustain sperm life, but an egg only lasts for tw max 24 hours, you know? So, I mean, we're literally fertile for 24 hours. The reason why abstinence has to be as long as it is, is because we cannot precisely confirm or predict the moment of ovulation and because men are always fertile. That's it, you know? So when your abstinence window is extending from here to kingdom come, be like, well, honey, this is half your fault. <laughs> it's not just me. It's right. both of us together producing this longer fertile window. Yeah. Uh, and if you're trying to avoid a longer window of abstinence. And that was something that I've only recently started thinking about. That was certainly never mentioned in marriage prep. They would say, you share your fertility by keeping the chart. I was like, no. <laughs> that doesn't work. work. <laughs> right. No, and right. I, I, I love that reminder. And it's, it is such a good reminder to those of us who are in marriage formation ministry that when we talk about NFP, we do need to be very honest. That's what I've appreciated about your writing and um, your Instagram posts, all of it, is because it's such a good reminder of um, there is nothing worthwhile is just going to be easy, right? That, that this is going to require that we, um, that we give that total gift of self, which is also going to mean that uh, there are going to be times where there is suffering, but mm -hmm. The beauty of using fertility awareness and NFP within a marriage, and the church does not say that you have to use NFP right. in your marriage. Yeah. It is a, it's an option uh, to right. practice responsible parenthood. And yeah, like <laughs> I need help with that. I need I need support right. in that area. Um, right. But like it's 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 more than just you know when when can we. Uh, celebrate the marital embrace, but using the virtues as well that NFP requires prudence mm -hmm. and temperance and all of all of it. It all goes together. Charity. And it's a way yeah. of practicing. Um, uh, yeah, just practicing being a, a, a human person made in the image and likeness of God and seeing the dignity right. of, the other, of the other of your of your spouse and practicing chastity within marriage that right yeah that's that always throws people when you say like chastity within marriage what do you mean right. yeah so it still applies <laughs> exactly so I know we're we're getting close to to the end of the time but um Emily can you just uh maybe describe some of the the posts that that people will see during the series this week yeah. or um who to who to look out for um during NFP week on on your blog and uh social media 
Yeah. Okay. So my two co-authors, you can follow them. Mary Bruno is at Taking Back the Term. She's on Facebook and Instagram. Um, she also has a podcast called Messy Buns. Um, she and a friend of hers who was also infertile, they talk about a lot of issues, you know, related to infertility and beyond. Um, Jen, uh, who's married to Logan. They do Surprise by Marriage, also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, but yeah, this series, we're going to be going, we're going to be looking at um, NFPS fertility awareness. We're going to be talking about the issues with marriage prep. We're going to look at absence and self-control, um, responsible parenthood. We'll be diving into there. Um, talking about how NFP uh, doesn't limit the power of God, how it's about accepting your cross. You know, a lot of these things that we've been talking about. Um, so yeah, I'll be posting every day. So if you follow me at Total Wine, wine with an H, my kids do it and I drink it. Um, yeah, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Total Wine on Instagram has an underscore at the end. There is people. Um, there is another Total Wine account without the underscore. So if you see a bunch of weird memes, that's not me. <laughs> it's a little bit more, you know, composed. Um, but yeah, I do, I do just want to kind of just add one more quick thing. Um, something that you touched on with marriage prep and that need for honesty. Um, it is profoundly, um, I hate using this word, but I can't think of another one. Um, disrespectful to the people that you're talking to, to sell NFP short and to whitewash it. And frankly, that's what birth control does to women. It tells women, you're too stupid to figure out how to read your body. We don't trust you to use this to plan your family. So we're just going to pump you full of synthetic hormones because we don't think that you can handle this. That's what birth control honestly tells women. And when you go into marriage prep and you're being sold a bunch of white lies and a bunch of whitewashing, it's essentially doing the same thing. Look, I know that NFP is not all rainbows and unicorns here. But that's fine. I mean, when we go to mass every Sunday, we have a big crucifix sitting up at the front of church, you know, like it's, we at least on some level know that the cross is part of our walk of faith. And so she's telling us that when we enter into our vocation where we really pick up our cross, you know, like make that clear, like tell us the truth. Tell us it might be two weeks of abstinence. Tell us when a pandemic hit, it hits, it might be a month, you know, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like when you're postpartum, it's going to be difficult when you're met, like, but, but understanding that knowing that information, sharing it with your spouse takes you to such another level of intimacy. You may not be having more sex. You may not be having better sex. You're going to be having a great sex life because you are sharing a level of intimacy that other people don't, even if it isn't as often it's, it's going to be so much better because of that intimacy. Right. And, and it's hard earned. Like you said, it's hard earned, but that's honestly what, what makes it better. Um, you know, and 
yeah, I'll just, I'll leave it there. <laughs> I could keep going, but I'll leave it there. <laughs> Thank you so much, Emily. And I know we'll probably bring you back on at some point, hopefully soon, uh, maybe even to just do a follow-up and maybe answer some more questions. About yeah, I'd love to. I'd but love I'm to. so grateful for, for you, your ministry, uh, and we're excited to continue um, having these conversations throughout the week. So what to expect um, over here uh, at the St. Philip Institute. Um, I think tomorrow's episode will feature uh, Dr. Kimi Jo Tice Haroff. Uh, she is a medical consultant um, who uh, talks about the Creighton method and, and is just very familiar of the fertility care aspect and looking at whole women's health, that women are worthwhile. We'll have conversations about infertility and uh, bringing on Father Braun. Like, why would we talk to a priest about NFP? Uh, but that hopefully all of these conversations will be helpful and just kind of expand the vision of, of what NFP is. Uh, so we invite you to visit our website, stphilipinstitute.org check out the various resources we have there for marriage formation, marriage enrichment. And uh, yeah, again, thank you so much, Emily, for, for being with us. I'm so excited for what you've got planned this week. I am, I'm going to be tuning in for sure. <laughs> yes, we appreciate it. And we'll put links to all of your resources in the, the show notes here. Uh, and please feel free to comment, uh, leave Emily questions. We'll get those to her. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep rocking and rolling this uh, NFP week 2020. Awesome. <laughs> it's good. All right. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Deanna.